Hello everyone, I'm your host Steve Howard of Coach Talk. We're joined here by UTEP volleyball coach Ben Wallace. Coach, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me, man. Definitely, definitely. We got a bunch of firsts we're going to have today. Um, we got our first Division I head coach on and our first volleyball coach. So definitely, definitely ready to educate those parents and student athletes on the recruiting side of volleyball. So, Coach, go ahead and talk to us about UTEP and what you guys are doing there with the program. Well, first of all, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be the first volleyball coach uh, on the show. Um, we took this program over uh, in 2019. I was hired in actually December of 18. Uh, and actually, uh, you know, just this last year, we got a chance to kind of reflect back on our growth over these last three years. And so it's been a fast and furious three years, especially in the midst of all of the COVID yeah. stuff you know being a first year head coach I was lucky to get it done in 19 before we moved into the COVID era of everything so it was a crazy time but we took a program from uh, the depths of hell in the RPI uh, when we took the, the program over in the 280s in division one volleyball which there's 330 uh, total so okay. we were one of the worst teams in college volleyball in the United States in division one volleyball and this last year we were ranked as high as 45th in the country which is a pretty big jump uh, RPI-wise uh, for, a, for a Division One program in that amount of time. So we're really proud of the product that we put together here in El Paso. We, uh, we actually, I think, we're second in the conference in attendance, which is pretty dang cool. Um, we've had, uh, you know, a first team, a second team, and an all-freshman team performers this last year, which um, is two years in a row now that we've had that, we've had that happen. And our program is, is now a known commodity in the state of Texas, whereas before people had no idea where UTEP was and, and what it was doing. And now when we walk around these tournaments and the recruiting world, everybody knows who we are. And, and we've knocked off some pretty big, uh, powerful teams this last season. So it's nice to, to have to, you know, walk into a place and them understand that there's a really good volleyball program in the, in the, the city of El Paso. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I was, when I, as I was doing my research and everything, um, you guys went from going into this year, you were 23 and 22, to 24 and 8 season. Yes, sir. The expectations have to be huge going into this next season for you guys. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are for our players. I think they are for our staff. Um, our players have, have set a pretty lofty high bar for themselves. You know, we, we had every um, thought in our mind that we were going to go win that conference championship last year against – Western Kentucky or Rice, who are, who are two of the top 25 teams in America in our conference. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're recruiting some of the best players in the country. They have some of the best athletes in our country. Yeah. Uh, a couple of athletes that touch almost 11 feet in the air, which is well, that's an astronomical number to think that, yeah. that there are some guys that I know that are really good athletes that can't touch 11 feet. Definitely. So um, it's been a task. We're excited about it. We're building right now. Um, and we actually sent – we just today sent our players off for a week for spring break to get them away from – uh, from volleyball, from our, our university, and then they're going to come back the following week, and we start our team practice a portion in the spring, uh, and then we get to play some tournaments uh, against some really talented and uh, exceptional college volleyball teams moving forward in March and April. Wow. Wow, that's huge. And you guys made a 
went into the, the National Invitation Tournament. We right? did, yep. First time in, in uh, school history that we were invited to a, in an invitational postseason tournament. So there's only two. It's just like, you know, men's and women's yeah. basketball. There's either the NCAA tournament or the NIT. Yep. So the NIT, we were invited to. We actually, we actually hosted. We were supposed to host the first round of the NIT. Yeah. But because of some COVID stuff, they actually sent us on the road. Okay. And then we hosted when we came back and won our first two it was matches. Packed it, was packed. It, it was packed. It was packed. It was so much fun. It was, an, it was an unbelievable environment in Memorial, and I'm really proud of the build-up to that. It's yeah. taken us three years to build that, uh, and now we have a really nice following in the city that, that expects for us to put a really cool volleyball team out there on the floor. That is definitely true. Um, I've heard a couple of players that talk about, you know, going to see those games and the atmosphere, mm -hmm. and they were like, man, it was crazy. The there, atmosphere so. was, was electric, and uh, it helps you win. Yeah. Uh, when you have an atmosphere, just like the Don, yep. you know, and, and, and having, um, I was shocked. I was watching the, the um, uh, Conference USA Men's Basketball Tournament on, Mon oh, I'm sorry, on, on Wednesday night when they okay. had their opening round. And they said that uh, the Don was, we were second in attendance this year at UTEP in Conference USA. Oh, wow. And it's not even scratched the surface yet. No. I mean, Joe's building something great over there, and we're going to pack that Don soon. And we pack Memorial now, which is great. Um, we're, we're averaging in the four and five and six hundreds a, a game, and we had 3,500 wow. for those NIBC matches. And so I'm looking to be in the thousands, 1,500. If we could average 1,500 a, a match this year, I'd be really excited about that. And that is awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, it's definitely something that the city needs. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And everybody loves the locomotives, and everybody loves the Chihuahuas. Uh, they love their UTEP football. They love their UTEP basketball. But now people know now, three years into this, that – UTEP volleyball is a real uh, – the mayor was at our match, um, nice. at the NIBC match, and he brought his security team, and, <laughs> and uh, he was there like, whoa, you know, this is crazy, this is exciting, you know. Nice. So it's really a fun thing for us to not only build a, a really nice volleyball team for, this, for the city, but a product that they can be excited to come out and spend five or eight bucks to come watch us play and watch – and leave the doors going, man, that was fun, we're doing that again. Yeah, you know? that, that, is, that is awesome, that's huge. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, Coach Talk, we talk recruiting here. Um, and so one of the things that we really wanted to talk about was volleyball recruiting and how, especially volleyball is a big sport here locally for on the girls' side and how those student athletes can increase their opportunities Absolutely. to play at the next level. Um, right now you guys have, what, two local players on the roster. We have, let's see, we, we had until this last spring, until just, just December, we had one, two, three, four, five local players on okay. the roster. Okay. And now we have, now we're at two. We have uh, Abigail Padilla um, from Coronado High School mm -hmm. and Alyssa Cianez from El Paso High. Okay. Um, we have one more coming on the beach side. I think she's going to play on our beach team in the fall. Paulina Acuna uh, will be coming from uh, Franklin High School. Okay. And she's going to be playing on the beach side uh, for us. And so we, we have had as many as five on our roster okay. in the last couple of years. And many of them are, are playing and helping us win. Jessica Landeros played for us from Chapin High School. Um, we had um, some, yeah, we've had some really good El Paso talent come through and really help us and are continuing to help us right now. Nice, nice. So what are some of the things that, from a Division I standpoint, like how big are measurables for you guys? Measurables are big. Now, uh, there's a there's a couple of things measurement wise in the in the sport of volleyball that'll that'll tell you if and when they can help us physically uh, at a, at an attacking level. So 
Um, there's, a, there's a measurement standard for touch when it comes to attackers. I, just, I was just talking to you before we got on the air yeah. about we have eight players on our roster that touch over 10 feet, which tells me that you know, the net is seven feet, four inches and a quarter. Mm -hmm. Okay, That means that they're almost three feet above the top yeah. of the net when they're attacking the volleyball. And that plays anywhere you go in the sport of college volleyball. If you can play at that high of a level, as long as you've got arm speed and athleticism, you're going to do well. So that measurable is an important one as an attacker. Okay. Um, so if somebody's sending us video and, and they're touching in the eights, they're probably not going to be able to, to score in our conference against the athletes that we have that we're playing against. And I already told you there's some athletes in our conference that are touching 11 feet. So they're four feet above the top of the net, and they've got their chest above the net blocking. Yeah. We're talking about elite female athletes that are playing in our conference, and actually, yeah, UTEP now. And when we took the job, there were two 10-foot uh, touchers. And now there are eight, and we're already uh, there's four in our recruiting class that are coming that are over 10 feet. So we're going to have over 50%, 60% of our roster are, are exceptional athletes. Speed, agility are important. Um, obviously, competitiveness is something that you know that we're looking for when we're measuring things. But um, you know, each position has a different measurable that I'm looking for. Um, but the, the top of the list is athleticism, okay. speed, agility, arm speed. I love softball players because they have elite arm speed. I love basketball players because they have the ability to get off the floor quick. So I just want to collect athletes. I don't really care if you can play volleyball. It just helps. Yeah. If, if I can find a really good volleyball player and a really good athlete, a lot of times uh, those are harder to find because they're going okay. to some of the elite programs. But yeah. I love to collect athletes and teach them how to play. Nice, nice. And so, and that's a that's a big point right there. Player development. Mm -hmm. um, how? And you talk about athletes and playing multiple sports. How important is that? And you just touched on it, but like. Is that like something that if you got two kids that are the same, two players that are exactly the same as far as stats-wise? Because uh -huh. everybody always looks at stats. But one is a multi-sport athlete that's very athletic. The other one just plays one sport. Like, does that help? In It does. It does. In some ways, uh, it comes down to um, how hot they burn. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, when I'm measuring two kids that are pretty similar statistically and athletically, I'm looking at them, and if I've got one scholarship left and I've got these two kids that I really like, then we'll get them on campus, and I want to know more about their personality. Yeah. I want to know how hot they burn. When I, when I watch them play, I want to see what they do when they, when they miss a block or they, they attack a ball out of bounds or they get stuffed or if they get aced. What happens? What are they, how do they react? You know, how do they interact with their teammates? How do they interact with their coach? How do they interact with their mom and their dad in between uh, matches and in between you know, points and sets? And I've crossed people off the list before because of the way they interact with their parents on the sideline. Because if they're going to interact with their parents a, a, a bad way and a disrespectful way, then they're sure as heck going to do that to me and yeah. to my staff and yeah. to my teammates and to my, my program mm -hmm. when they come here. So if apples are apples, I'm looking for the character things next. Yeah. And if the athletes are the same and they're the same type of, uh, of volleyball player statistically, I'm going to the intangibles, grades, character, work ethic, competitiveness and how they treat their teammates because those things play at the college level for sure. They play at every level. Yeah.
always I tell parents nowadays is like volleyball that's a that's a full ride scholarship, mm -hmm. and so coaches are looking for players like. You're bringing, I always tell them, you're bringing in a player into your family. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we, you know, the, the fast, two fastest growing sports in the United States for females are indoor volleyball and beach volleyball. Not even close. It's yeah. like, it's astronomical, the, the speed at which both of our sports are yeah. growing. Um, the best female athletes in our country right now are playing, are moving and, and moving more towards volleyball yeah. than they are of any other sport. And there's a reason why. It's a power speed and athleticism sport yeah it's about power speed and athleticism and if you can be powerful and athletic and fast you want to come play this sport and and you play above a up above a level now and you're going to some of these universities getting all your school paid for yeah. and it's a pretty it's a pretty special thing and and i think that a lot of times that gets lost on parents and recruits right um because i mean you're talking about the best of the best even Regardless of what college it is, that player was probably the best player on their high school team. Yeah. <laughs> My freshmen always have a really tough time when they come in July. We get them in, usually I was just texting them on the way over here, uh, our, our incoming group. We have six coming in and five freshmen and a junior college transfer. Okay. The junior college player of the year at, at NIMI is going to come play for us next year. She's, <laughs> she's a total superstar. Yeah. And I'm texting them on the way over, and I was talking about coming in July. Okay, so when they get here in July – they come for summer class, mm -hmm. and they get used to playing with their teammates. And all of a sudden, they look around, and everybody next to them was the best player on their high school or their club team. And so now, when you talk about character and you talk yeah. about competitiveness, yeah. now you see whether or not they're going to fight yep. or they're going to flee. And, and, <laughs> I think, and I think that's the part, you, that's the piece right there that student-athletes don't understand. Ooh, it's time you to see have, what you're made of, man. You have to be willing to compete. Yes. Because yeah. if you're not willing to compete, then I can't put you on the floor. And you know, no matter how many, how many athletes I collect, yeah. I can only get those athletes to a certain level when it, when it comes to training. But yep. when competition happens, I can't do anything. No. Other than tactical adjustments. Mm -hmm. Other than timeouts and moving the pieces and you know, where we serve, who we attack, how we, how we play defense and block. I can move the chess pieces, but yep. I can't get the chess pieces to compete. Exactly. And so at the end of the day, when they show up on my campus, mm -hmm. the, the character piece, I, we call it the human element. Mm -hmm. You know, and when we really get at people and we are at our best, we really bring the human element, which is our personalities, which I want them to be you, yeah. and how hard we compete and looking at the person on the other side of the net and saying, I'm going to kick your tail today. Yeah, and, I, you know, especially girls. Like, sometimes girls is like, either they like each other or they don't. It's, it's a it's a it's a very real it's a very real thing uh, but you know it, part of it is it is a societal issue where yeah. when you're when you, girls are young when they're little bitty yeah we always tell them to be nice yes play nice play nice but when the boys are beating the crap out of each other what do we tell them ah oh, they're boys those boys will be boys you yeah. know what i mean they're just gonna yeah. wrestle let them wrestle they're yeah. okay but when girl when girls start to do it oh, no 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 be nice and be sweet. Yeah. You know, so then all of a sudden you want them to be super competitive in a couple of years. <laughs> You're like, wait a second. I like to recruit the youngest kid in the family a yeah. lot of times because they're tough. Yeah. They've had, to, they've had to get through it. You know what I mean? They've had to deal with older brothers. I, I, I should take that back. The youngest sister of brothers. And yeah. I love to recruit those kinds of kids because they're tough. And they've had to deal with the older brother picking on them and beating them up. And they've had to battle for things. So, yeah, yeah it's, you know, finding competitive 
females is not hard because there's a lot of them. Yeah. And there's a lot of really good athletes in our sport now. Definitely. But uh, it is definitely a society thing. Like, little girls are supposed to be sweet and nice and not be <laughs> not be uber competitive and yeah. knock you over. You know exactly. what I mean? So It can't be rough and tumbling. No, that that's um, – I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something right there. It's like getting, getting females to understand. It's like it's okay. It's to okay compete. to be competitive. Okay to be competitive. And when the game is over, there's a difference. Like when we walk off the floor, when yeah. we walk out. Uh, now you need to make sure that we're, you know, building our relationships mm -hmm. and picking up the pieces. Uh, if you were overly competitive, make sure you sort out your relationship yeah. with that person and say, hey. You know, I, I apologize if I got a little too nasty with, you know, with yeah. the competitive side of things. Um, but we want them. We want to build them to be these ultra competitors and yeah. turn it on when it's time for the lights to come on. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something else about the parents. Um, I think that's a piece of recruiting that I don't know if it's, I, I don't, I don't want to say it gets glossed over, but really gets overlooked It's like, the impact that parents have on their student athlete actually mm -hmm. getting recruited. Absolutely. Um, so I I'll tell parents all the time, if you're going to yell in the games, you're going to call me. Hmm. I don't have time to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have time to field all your phone calls. Yeah. I love for parents to be competitive. I love for them to be loud. I love for them to be excitable. Um, I want them to, because generally if you got competitive parents, your kids are g generally pretty, pretty competitive yeah. too. But at the end of the day, once they're coming to my level, uh, I, don't want, I, don't, I recruit the parents only in the aspect of I want them to know that I'm going to take care of their daughter. When they come to my family and they're a part of my family, they're an extension of my daughter, mm -hmm. you know, uh, my, my family, because I take care of them when they're here. But yeah. at the end of the day, I'm building them to be adults, yeah. and it's time for us to, to, to make them more organized them more responsible, more reliable, and it's, me and it's less about mom and dad getting them to these places now. And so some kids have a very unique way of adapting fast, and others, when they get here, drown because mom and dad have done everything for them. Yeah. So I encourage a lot of parents to force these young people, and I, and I do it with my kids right now, my 9- and my 12-year-old that are doing sports and stuff, we, we get them an alarm clock and a watch, Get them, get themselves. They try to get themselves up on time. Get mm -hmm. themselves some breakfast. We're starting to get them to, a chance to wash their own clothes. Yeah. You know what I mean, and be responsible for their own things. Because once you get to this level, I've got 21 players on my roster. I don't have time to babysit you. Exactly. And it's time for you to be a, an adult. Exactly. I'll get you there. Like we'll 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 help you, and, we're, and we'll we'll get you. We have very unique ways of of helping you get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day. I want the parents to be very competitive and be excited and, and you know, stand up and cheer. But once they come to us, it's time for us to help your young person become an adult. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the remix. Come on. This is the remix. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the remix. Talk to me. Uh, when I come through the door, I'm on the floor, you wanna see my ass shake, yeah Remix uh, And when I move it around, you in the corner like that How she do that, deal? Remix
Uh, it's the beat in the meantime. See, I'm a crime. I keep the crowd jumping. Remix. Uh, it's the haters that hate the game and talking loud. They ain't saying nothing. Remix. Uh, it's the cheap big dog. My boys, they put it heavy on the chizzy. Rap. High hat, bass line. Rap, rap, bit that. Oh! Touchdown! Showtime! That's for the win! That's for the win! Touchdown! Showtime for the win! So you said something there about the parents and the competitiveness. I always, and I like to tell parents, it's like, as a college coach, the extent of recruiting is, you know, me getting you comfortable with mm -hmm. how we're going to go about the development of your child, your son or daughter, and understanding that we're, you've taken them 18 years. Let us be comfortable with us taking them to the next four. Sure. Yeah. And step back and let, let, let's, let's, let's create an adult here. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a part of the recruiting piece that I'm very upfront with, and I think that a, a lot of parents, not all, but, but yeah. a lot of parents um, appreciate that I'm very upfront with when your daughter gets here, she's not going to be owed anything. Yeah. yeah. She's going to be asked to compete. I just, I just told everybody we've got soon to be 10 or 12 10-foot touch and elite athletes on our team. So yeah. I can only put six on the floor at a time. Mm -hmm. So that means that one of your elite athlete daughters is going to be sitting on the sideline, and either she needs to find a way to compete better, train better, uh, be more skilled at a certain you know, aspect of volleyball, uh, or she's just sitting behind some really special players and she's going to get her opportunity yeah. um, you know, as, as she keeps doing what she's doing. So – we're very clear on the fact that the best way to let your daughter come here and be successful is to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And we're going to challenge them. And when we step in, in between those lines, it's about making them uncomfortable and finding ways to push them outside their comfort zone and do things that they don't think that they can do. Yeah. I can't, Coach, I can't do it. Yes, you can do that. You just let me get you there. You know, like yeah. keep doing this. Keep Definitely. doing what I'm asking you to do. And we're going to get you to a place where you're doing it 10 times out of 10 instead of 5 out of 10. Yeah. So, um, but that you can tell a lot of that in the recruiting process. When I get emails from parents, generally I delete them. Say, want, say, to, the, say to the game I, coach, for the, say that for the country to hear this. When I get <laughs> emails from parents, generally I delete them. Um, I now I'd be a fool if a one if some parent sent me a video of some amazing yeah. athlete yeah. and they were trying to help them. But I want to talk to the players. I want to talk to the to the student athletes. I want to see them advocate for themselves because, you know, I and when it gets down to you know the nitty gritty and the recruiting process for for my son or daughter someday, I'm going to give them the tools, and I'm going to sit down there on the computer and help them do those things and, and with social media and get their information out. But at the end of the day, it's their process. Yeah. And too many parents try to do this stuff for their kids yeah. instead of encourage their kids to do it. And I sort of appreciate the kid that's late in the process that sends me an email and says, hey, coach, I'm just late in, into this, but I'm doing it on my own. I appreciate that kid instead of, I, instead of getting the email from some, some dad or some mom or even grandmas. I get some from uncles oh, wow. when, they're tw when they're 20, 26 recruits, which is like eighth graders. Yeah. We can't even talk to them yet. And they're sending me video of their, of their, their daughter or their yeah. granddaughter or their, their niece. And I mean, that's great. I appreciate you advocating for them. But at the end of the day, I want to recruit your kid. Yeah. I don't want to recruit you. I, you're not going to come play for me. And if you're doing all these things for them and you're spoon feeding stuff for them and doing the video for them and doing all this stuff for them, 
that's a bad representation of what your kid's going to do when she gets here. Yep. Because what happens when you're not here? Exactly. She's going to want somebody to do her laundry. Exactly. She's want some we had a player this year who's grown by leaps and bounds, but she had her roommate wake her up for class because she was so irresponsible at setting an alarm and that a roommate, my, one of my other players, would wake her up for class to get her to class. And she was struggling in school and didn't understand why. So we actually had to suspend her from the volleyball stuff until she got her organizational abilities together in order to play the volleyball mm -hmm. side of it. We were helping her grow as a human. Yeah. But when you don't come to us with tools on how to be an adult, it is a heck of a hard time to be a volleyball player. And yeah. so I have a hard time looking at emails from parents or from aunts and uncles and from grandmas and grandpas uh, that are advocating for the kid, and the kid isn't doing it. It said it tells me something right away in the recruiting process. This, and and I, th I think the message that a lot of times the kids don't realize is being sent is, that's is right. how, how much do you really want to do this? Do, do, do your mom and dad want you to play college volleyball, yeah. or do you want to play college yeah. volleyball? You know? And then there's the kids that send you an email a week that are like they're advocating for themselves yeah. and they're really hungry to do that. That doesn't mean that they're going to be good. No. It just means that they're totally involved in their process, and every kid is different. I had a, I had a brother sit next to me on a court this year, and uh, we committed his sister. Okay. So she's coming to play for us. She's from Dallas. She's from one of the best club teams in the, in the state of Texas. She's going to come play for us in the, in the fall. And he sat next to me. He said, hey, coach, I want you to know something, and I hope you don't get upset about or, or uh, my sister doesn't get upset about you, uh, me telling you this, but all those recruiting emails, all, those, all that interaction, that communication, that was me. He said, my sister's not very good at this stuff, and she wasn't getting recruited by the people that she should have because she was just getting frustrated. And so I took it upon myself to, to recruit, get her recruited. Yeah. So all those emails sent him back and forth, <laughs> and he's like, that was me. <laughs> and I, I kind of appreciated it because yeah. it was a sis, you know yeah. what I mean? And I know, his, I know his sister really well now, and she's very, very um, reserved. Yeah. She's very uh, shy and soft-spoken. But he took it upon himself to say, man, my sister's better than – than not playing college volleyball. So yeah. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get this information out her. and I'm going to help her, which is pretty yeah. cool. It's kind of oh, a fun story. Nice. Yeah. So how does, how does a student athlete get on your radar? It's an easy thing to get on our radar. Um, most of the time, we have a database like most sports do. Yep. And when we get an email, when we get a phone call, when we get video, when we get even a text message from some people about a certain player, when we get their name, any kind of video, any kind of communication at all, we put that information in a database, and we kind of rate, we kind of rank them based on what we know about their athleticism. Mm -hmm. It's generally a, it's a like a one to five scale on just athlete. Yeah, where they would, where they would, we always uh, like to um, translate where they are to what we think they could be, right? And so we have players on our roster now, and so we in that rating system we compare them to the current players mm -hmm. on our roster, and so we're always in the in the process of trying to recruit better than what we have. I don't, so, think, I don't think student-athletes understand Oh, that. my gosh. I'm not trying to recruit the same player. I <laughs> yeah. mean, if, we're going, if we went from 289 in the RPI to 45 yep. in the RPI in three years, yeah. I can't recruit the same kids right now in 2022 that I did in 2019. Yeah. I delete all those emails. Yeah. I just look at them, and I'm like, man, I probably would have recruited this kid three years ago. Yeah. But I can't now mm -hmm. if we're going to keep going and getting better. And, getting better. and I think that's the part that – student athletes lose the sight of, right? They look at the current roster and it's like, well, I'm just as good as that player. Yeah. 
I don't want that. I don't want just as good. I want <laughs> yeah. better, you know. Yeah. And just as good is good. If that chick is really yes. special, like yes. I, I recruit players and I look at them and I said, okay, I think that kid be, could be the next Tatiana Battle, who played for me seven years ago at New Mexico State. Okay. She was 5'11". She was 9'10", 9'11", but really good player, fast kid, like real athletic, played basketball a lot when she was younger, did some gymnastics, and... When I, when I think about her career, I, I look at certain athletes and I, I watch them play going, ooh, that, that looks like Tot. That reminds me of Tatiana. Yeah. So I'm constantly always evaluating that in that system. Mm-hmm. And we put them in our database, and we know we can pull them up when we're at tournaments now. The, the, the system of recruiting in college volleyball is asinine. Yeah. And I can recruit 150 kids in a weekend um, at a convention center now. Mm-hmm. And I sit on on courts for three days with my assistants, and we can get upwards of 200 or 300 evaluations done if we're both there on a weekend. Yeah. Now, we may only get 30 to 45 minutes to sit there and watch you play. And in that 30 to 45 minutes, hopefully you're doing something pretty special. You better Uh, produce. You better produce because (laughs) um, we only have a short amount of time to to bulk evaluate. But then when we find the, the ones in our class that we really like, we'll sit there for an extended period of time and really make sure we like them. Then we bring them on campus. So there's different layers of the recruiting process. As I said, there's levels to this. <laughs> a lot of levels to this, yeah, absolutely. But the advocation for yourself at a younger age helps. You know, generally in the sophomore, junior year, it's mm-hmm. a really important time frame. We can't talk, and no one in the NCAA can anymore, can't talk to anyone um, prior to June 15th of their junior year. Mm-hmm. So if you're about to be a junior in every sport, yeah. Um, we can't talk to you at all on a phone or we can't write you back via email or text, uh, anything in social media until you're about to be a junior. So June 15th, going into your junior year yeah. is when now we can start to communicate with you. But we recruit kids well before that. Mm-hmm. We just try to get them on our campus during camp so we know about them and we start to, to see their development and to get excited about their athleticism. And now we get a chance to see with the eye test when you're standing next to my player yeah. The same player you're standing next to that plays with our uniform on, mm-hmm. and you're you're kind of competing with and against her in drills. Now we know, yep, she can play here. You know, she can definitely do that. So, different layers to it, but generally, junior year is a big deal for the recruiting process. Senior year, by that time, we're generally done with our recruiting class. Mm-hmm. This this 22 class we've been done with for six months. Yeah, and so that's a little difference. That's a little different from men's basketball, women's basketball, football. Other sports, they're still recruiting in that time frame. But volleyball has gotten so um, fast in the recruiting process that we're generally done with that class b- before the year actually um, starts. Okay, okay.
Nice. And so with that in mind, what can a student athlete do today if they wanted to play at UTEP? Best thing they can do is shoot us an email, attach it to to all of my my coaches, me, my my two assistant coaches, we all do the recruiting together. We all tag team it. We have certain people have certain regions. Mm -hmm. One of our coaches inter recruits internationally. We have several international players on our roster. Send us an email with video. It's always important to send us video of, you, of yourself. Now, do you, when you say video, are you talking highlight or a link to a full game? Both. Both. Both is always good. Yep. The easiest way to introduce yourself is to send a highlight. Send a small, you know, minute, minute mm -hmm. 30 highlight video of you do, doing something athletic. Yeah. Something special that shows us that you have elite athleticism. That's important. Uh, after that, if we're interested, we'll want to watch full games. Yeah. But we'll generally come to watch you play more live. Mm -hmm. So highlights, highlights are good. They're not a necessity, but they're good. I mean, there's a lot of different platforms now for volleyball out there, like Huddle. And, uh, you know, there's um, different – Max Preps does a good job of, of, you know, putting highlights and stuff, and you can do it with your high school coach pretty yeah. easily now. But the best thing to do is send us an email and tell us what class you're in, tell us what city you're in. Uh, generally, we can look you up on our database and tag you so that we have information on you. We'll evaluate you initially. Yeah. And then when we go to these tournaments, if you're playing club, like we talked about a young lady that wasn't playing club yeah. volleyball earlier, then we'll be able to sit on courts and, and watch you. If you're not playing year-round volleyball or club volleyball, that doesn't bother me at all. I just need to see you on my campus. Yeah. So I need to come to summer camp, or I need to watch you come play in high school. And so it's a little different uh, recruiting process. But initially, if they want us to know about them, they need to send us an email and say, that, here, here I am, and come, in, come recruit me. Yeah. And that gets the ball rolling. Okay. And do it yourself. Yes, <laughs> do it yourself. Send me a message with your name on it. And, uh, and if you're a parent and you're really smart, don't send an email to me with your name on it. Yeah. Send it in, in regard for your daughters, you know, if, if you're going to do that. Because then it, it helps me understand that uh, it's not mom and dad doing it for them, you know. Yeah. Trick me, at least. <laughs> Now, how, how big is how big a role does like Twitter and Instagram play? Great in the big. Process? Oh, it's I was telling somebody the other day, Steve, that this is the first time I've ever recruited kids on Twitter this year, okay. and I've recruited probably four or five kids through Twitter because we're allowed to like, retweet, um, their stuff yeah. even if they're not juniors. Okay. So if it's some sophomore or freshman that's got a bunch of video on Twitter on Instagram, mm -hmm. I can watch it and like it, and I can tell them I'm interested in you. Do a comment. Just, but just, no, oh, I can't Oh, yeah, comment. gotcha. Yeah, I can't so comment do the like at all. Or the yeah. I'm just going to send a or little retweet like. retweet it. I retweet it someplace. I send it to my assistant, and I retweet it, and all of a sudden that kid realizes this coach just retweeted my stuff. He, she, he just liked or he or she just liked my yeah. video. And then that sort of gets the ball rolling a little where they can now send me an email or they send me a direct message through my phone, and I realize that they, they want, to come, uh, want us to come recruit them. I can't respond to it yet unless they're a junior. Okay. But it's now more than ever we recruit through social media. And the interesting part about that is the connection between content and recruits. Yeah. So we hired a guy with a big, giant, cool camera like this this year, mm -hmm. a drone, and a backpack with all kinds of cool stuff that he would walk around uh, our practices and our games and get a lot of content uh, for our program this year. And I paid him a little bit of money because he was doing so well. He yeah. volunteered to do it initially, yeah. and I decided to pay him. And our social media presence increased on the three platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, by 550%. Wow. 
and that was the highest in the country, above Nebraska, above Texas, above every other of these programs, because we had so much content out yeah. there on those platforms, and that's where recruits see stuff. Yeah. You know, even old people now, they don't go watch the news anymore. They no. don't really no. pick up the newspaper anymore. They're picking up Instagram, Instagram Facebook, Twitter, Twitter yeah. you know, and they're, they're getting their media through those platforms. So I was so proud of that. I was more proud of that than anything else, and my administration loved that because now our brand is out there. And yeah. not only is our brand out there, but our brand is a good brand. Yes, sir. And we're a winning brand. So now it's a double-edged, like, awesome sword for us. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you see that trickling down to high schools, Whew. too. I, I just told one of the local clubs, uh, volleyball clubs in town, I said, hire this guy. He's great. He will help your presence in your club. He'll, he'll extend your presence out through social media yeah. exponentially. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Anything you can get yourself on to get your kid recruited is important. Yeah. Any, any social media platform, email, text, going to camps is always important. The camp side of thing is more important for you to know that they, they want you there and that they are in, in interested in recruiting you, not just to go to go, yeah, but to go to be seen and evaluated. But getting your kid on as much as you possibly can, updating those, those profiles, mm -hmm. those free profiles. You don't need to pay for anything. Just get a platform where you can put video on it. I've, I've helped high school kids do it through YouTube. Yeah. Just throw up your highlights on YouTube. Send those coaches those links. You don't need a, 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 a company to do it for you. Mm -hmm. You just need to get that content uploaded, and that's where mom and dad come into play. Yeah. They need to be doing that stuff for the kid and helping them do that stuff and where the kid can get the information out and do the contacting, and that goes a long way for them. Yeah, you, but you... you that message, right, getting that message across the parents is, is the big key because they think I've got to spend hundreds of, hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars for this recruiting service to get my son or daughter out there. And the reality is everything that their service is doing for you, you could have done yourself. You could have done yourself. You've got to do it the right way, though. You've got to contact the right, the right programs, and that's where the recruiting services do help. I, do, I appreciate our recruiting services, yeah. but I don't exclusively recruit through them mm -hmm. because I don't need to. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to... to to grab a little bit from everything. You know, yeah. I get a kid from this recruiting service or from this one. I, we go internationally. We get, you know, we, get, we send people over internationally. So they're not bad. I just think they gouge people a lot of times. I think some of the stuff that they ask you to pay for in the thousands of dollars, you could do with just time and energy on your own yeah. through YouTube and through simple things you can do on your phone now. Mm -hmm. You know, the video stuff you can do on your phone is impeccable. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Coach, I mean... It's been amazing having you on here to talk. Um, I'm definitely excited about what you guys have coming down to, coming down to shoot there. and um, Hopefully um, we can get out to catch a couple of games. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, but, no, it's, it's definitely been fun, pleasure. Thank you for coming out here. Thank you for having me. Definitely, and, uh, sir. Anything you guys need from us, we'd love to have our, our, uh, our team exposed. We'd love to get them out. And uh, we're excited to put a good product out on the floor again this fall, but also – our beach program is now coming too. So we'll have beach volleyball coming in, and it's in the opposite season of the indoor. Nice. So they got me coaching the indoor team in the fall and the beach team in the spring. And so I've got to sleep on a little cot in my office so that I, I get enough work done. But uh, we're looking forward to the, the volleyball brand in the city of El Paso. Do you want to talk about the beach volleyball song? You know, it's different than the indoor side. It's, uh, it's two on two. Uh, it's a different game than the indoor side. It's played a different way. 
So it's just um, like the Olympics. It's just like the Olympics. Oh, wow. So we okay. won the gold medal in the Olympics in the indoor volleyball, mm -hmm. and we won the gold medal in the Olympics in beach volleyball. Okay. And that's why it's growing so fast in our country because of how exciting those sports are. So I'm looking forward. We've already recruited a couple local El Paso players for our beach team, and okay. we'll continue to do that for both. But uh, we're excited about what that looks like, and we're going to. Oh, I'm about to hire an assistant coach for the beach, just for the beach side, and we're going to start teaching the city of El Paso what, be, what beach volleyball looks like and hopefully get people out to play it a little bit more and so they get even yeah. more interested in it. How many, how many players is, like, on a roster? It's similar to tennis. Uh -huh. So it's like volleyball, indoor volleyball, and tennis combined. Okay. So we have um, about 12 to 14 on the roster, okay. but 10 play. So it's five pairs. So okay. I come to play New Mexico State. I bring my five teams. Ah, you bring nice. your five teams, and you rate them one to five. Your okay. best team to your fifth best team. Mm -hmm. Our ones play your ones. Mm -hmm. Our twos play your twos down to our fives. Okay, and it's the bet. It's the first university to get to three points. When we okay. beat you, we get one point. Okay. You beat us, it's one to one, and the next, the, the first team that gets to three wins. And so it's very similar to tennis, like in in, in a tennis model. Okay. It's a whole different sport. It's yeah. it's taken the it's taken the university setting and the in the country by storm in a lot of ways. And so it's an exciting uh, brand of volleyball, and it's different, and it's played outside. So you better be able to deal with the elements. Wow. I went and sat on some courts in Houston two weekends ago, and it was 40 degrees and rainy. Woo. And those athletes were out there playing in it. So it's, you better get ready to, to be uncomfortable in the elements and, and uh, be tough. So wow. we're excited about it. Nice, nice. Well, hey, I just learned something new today. Whole different recruit uh, <coughs> platform, too. Whole different recruit. If you can't play on the indoor side because of, of your size, potentially. Mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about an athlete earlier that all of a sudden we started looking at her and going, okay, maybe this kid can be a beach player for us because you need to be quick, you need to be tough, and you need to have some skill on the mm -hmm. beach side of things. You don't necessarily need to be a giant. So yeah. it's a different brand of, uh, of volleyball, and we're excited about it. Scholarship? Oh, it's a scholarship program. It's different than indoor, though. Yeah. Indoor is all or nothing yeah. Yeah. for us at the Division One level. Yeah. I can take, I have 12 scholarships on the indoor side. Gotcha. And so I give you, I can either give you a full scholarship full, or I can't give you anything. Okay. So it's either full or nothing. It's either full or nothing and indoor okay. at the Division One level. Yes, yes. At the Division One beach level, yeah. it's what they call equivalency. Okay. So now I can break scholarships up. Mm -hmm. So I have six scholarships to break up amongst my players and I can give you partial, partial books, room and board. I can give you tuition. I, you know, it's so a you lot. You it. can stack stuff within it with academics. So yeah. if your kid's really smart, yeah. and I can help, that helps me recruit them because now I can give them a little bit of athletic money on the side to help, and, and it ends up being a similar scholarship to the indoor side. Yeah. Sometimes the same. Sometimes nice. a full scholarship. So it's fun. It's also different math. So yeah. it's, a, it's a harder way to, to uh, figure out where, you know, where you can take your scholarship dollars. Yeah. Okay. Well, good stuff. Hey. I just got. I just learned something. Good. I think America did too. Good. I'm excited about that. Yeah. The the difference between headcount, full scholarship programs, and uh, you know what they call equivalency, yeah. where you can partially you can break stuff mm -hmm. up. It's a whole different ball game, and that's something that parents need to know that at each level of division, it's different. Division one is all or nothing. Yeah. Division two is equivalency, where you can split mm -hmm. scholarships, which helps your kids sometimes that they're super smart. Yeah. And so different sports have different scholarship opportunities. So uh, it's always important to know before you start pigeonholing your kid into some sport 
it's always important to know what they're out there looking for. I'm going to try to like heck to make my, my little daughter either a tennis player or a golfer. Because <laughs> there are more scholarships for those female athletes that go unused in the United States than, than anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, Coach, I thank you for your time. Absolutely. It's Appreciate been, you guys having me. It's been amazing. Um, folks, this has been Coach Talk. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Have a good evening.